888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Summer from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting episode for you today. In today's episode, episode 248, I'm going to be talking about how to create a social media strategy for your blog. Yes, there's Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, Snapchat, and many others. How do you know where to focus your time and effort? Do you try to focus on all? Is that even possible? Do you find yourself overwhelmed and not knowing what to do and at a standstill as a result? Well, in this episode... I'm going to break it down for you. I'm going to share everything from choosing your focus to setting a strategy in place, from the pros to the cons of the major networks, the tools you should be using. And by the end of this episode, you're going to know what steps you need to take. So social media strategy, that's what we're going to be talking about today. All right, I'm so excited for this episode because obviously it's on a topic that It's kind of a hot topic these days, right? Social media, it's been around for a while and there's so much going on in the social media space. How do you create your social media strategy? This is episode 248 and you can find detailed show notes on the blog at becomeablogger.com slash 248. Any of the links to the resources that mentioned um, that, that I mentioned on this episode, you can find it right there. And as usual, if you have a question that you would like for me, to address on this podcast, you know what to do. And in case you don't, you can call the hotline. What's the number? I'm glad you asked. The number is... 888-835-2414. So call there, leave a message, and I will address your question live on the show. Who knows? It might even end up being a full episode. Wouldn't that be awesome? Anyhow, what are we going to cover? Today we're going to be talking about how to determine which social media network is right for you and your blog. We're also going to talk about how do you set the right foundation and create your social media strategy. And lastly, we're also going to get into how to automate as much as possible using specific tools that I'm going to recommend. So that's what we're going to get into. But before we get into all of that, i got to give you a quick tip. All right, so this is the quick the segment where I share a quick tip that can have a positive impact on your business, make your life a little easier or even a lot easier. And there's for today's quick tip, I'm going to share an app with you that I've been using. Now, I use an iPhone, and the name of this app is Way of Life. Now, the Way of Life app is a, a, a very interesting app. It's a habit tracking app. And I just started using it a few weeks ago, and it's made a huge difference in my life, quite frankly. So what it allows you to do is you kind of go through and you say, okay, these are the habits that I want to track. So I'm looking at my app right now, and I see meditate, morning devotions, go to the gym, take my vitamins, write for 30 minutes, update my budget, inbox inbox zero, drink one gallon of water, and flossing. These are some habits that I want to have in my life, and what this allows you to do is very easily track these habits. And every day you you, you do one of these things, you just give it a, 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 a quick check. And when you check it, it, it's green, green for go, like, yeah, you're going, you're doing it, you're rocking it. So, and what whatever day you don't do it, you do an X and then that turns red. And, and if you skip a day intentionally, let's say you say you want to work out five days a week. Well, two days you're going to be skipping, but that doesn't mean you're break, breaking your habit. You're actually intentionally taking a break. So you can actually skip days. Now, the beauty of this is 
When I look at my screen now, I can see for the entire week what I've done and what I didn't do. And it does this thing to me psychologically where I don't want to see any reds messing up my screen. So I am very intentional about making sure that I do the things that's on this list. And it really helps me to get into that routine. And it's made a big difference for me. It's called the Way of Life app. It's available on iOS. I am sorry, Android folks. I know there are habit tracking apps out there on Android. So you can do a search for habit tracking um, apps in the Play Store. One that I used when I was on Android was the Coach.me app. And if you go to Coach.me, you can find out about that. But Way of Life is the one that I'm doing using right now, and it's working very well. So check it out. In iOS, in the Apple Store, uh, or the App Store, <laughs> not the Apple Store. If you go into the Apple Store and ask them for Way of Life, they might have, they might not have any idea what you're talking about. So I hope that's valuable for you. Way of Life app. Check it out in the App Store. Oh, wow. <laughs> Maybe I should turn off my notifications. Did you hear that? Anyhow, let's now move over to today's content on how to create a social media strategy for your blog. All right. So social media. Obviously, this is something that's not going away. It's here to stay. And it's 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 actually, I think it's a great thing. Now, are you using social social media to market your blog? Is this something that you're actively doing? Or do you think about it and, and get overwhelmed because there are so many options, so many choices, so many changes happening seemingly on a daily basis or even multiple times a day, depending on how many social media networks you're following? Do you have a strategy? Because here's the thing. I remember, um, I remember when social media, when I first started getting into to social media, and for me, it it began way back in the days of chat rooms. So you had Yahoo Chat, and I remember I was in St. Martin, um, and I was into Yahoo Chat because you can go on there and you can connect with people and you know chat with people all over the world in different chat rooms, and that was fun and it was exciting for me and very engaging. Uh, and and then sites like MySpace came along where you could create a profile and 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 connect with other people and comment on what people were doing and all that stuff. And then I remember when I was in Germany, I was I was doing my master's degree and I was in Germany and there was this new social network that came out and this new social media network that came out was High Five. And that was exciting to me. I could even remember the profile photo that I had. I remember I was wearing like this brown, a tan suede jacket, and I was outside in the grass, and it was in the fall, so they had a bunch of leaves on the ground. (laughs) I feel like I'm reminiscing. But High Five allowed me to connect with my friends and family, even though I was all the way in Germany. It gave me that ability to connect. And that's that was such a neat experience for me because it was much easier than ever before. You know, in the past, if you wanted to connect with people that were in a different country, you either go visit them <laughs> or you pick up the phone, right? And picking up the phone was pretty pricey. But now you have the internet and you could just connect with people all over the world. And for me, that was fun. It was exciting. It was relatively new at that time, and I felt like I was at the cutting edge of what was going on in technology. Now, social media has evolved. It has changed. It has gone through so many iterations, and in many ways, it has matured. It is no longer a cool new feature. It's no longer a cool new thing, even though there are many cool new features and things within social media. Instead, instead of being a feature, it's it's kind of intertwined in the very fabric of our society. You know, you go to the airport and you, you, you're, you're waiting in lines. What are people doing? Well, they're on their phones. What are they doing on their phones? They're checking into Facebook. They're having conversations. They're commenting. They're liking. They're tweeting. They're doing all these things. And it's been interesting to watch, to sit back. And watch, and not just sit back, but to actively participate in social media and watch. Because what I've come to realize is just like with everything else, there are pros and cons. 
what are some of the pros? Some of the pros are, well, like I said, you know, I was in Germany, but I was able to connect with my family. I was able to connect with my friends very easily using social media. You can connect with people all over the world, people you know, people you want to know, people you're getting to know, and that is awesome. Another pro is that it can be a lot of fun. I have fun with social media. I enjoy social media. Why? Because I enjoy connecting with people. I enjoy sharing with people. And social media allows you to do that. Now, another pro is that you have easier access to content that you're passionate about. So if you're passionate about a specific topic, and let's say you're in a Facebook group about that topic, and people are sharing content with, uh, related to that topic. Let's say you're following people on Twitter that are experts or thought leaders in a particular space, and you're passionate about that space, you have easier access to that content. And also... One of the big pros, especially as a blogger, is that social media can be a great way to get the word out about your blog or about your cause or about your business or about whatever it is you're passionate about. It is a great way, it can be a great way to get the word out there. Now, yes, those are some of the pros, but what are the downsides? Well, I think some of the downsides, number one, is it takes more effort to develop genuine relationships. I don't know if you've noticed this, but social media in many cases can be superficial. The stuff that we see our friends posting, the stuff that we post sometimes, it can be very superficial. And if you really want to develop genuine relationships, I think it takes a little more effort because we're so used to this quick social media world. Someone's birthday is today, so I go on Facebook. Facebook tells me there are uh, 10 birthdays, and I do a quick HBD, HBD, HBD. <laughs> you know, it, it, it can become very superficial. I don't know if you feel that way. No, I know. I know many of you feel that way because I've spoken to a, a number of you about it. Number two, and okay, maybe this is personal. But I found that because of how quick technology is moving and social media is moving and, and everything is happening, I feel like our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. If it's not quick, if it's not now, we don't want it, right? If we, if we look at a video and the video is 15 minutes long, it's like, oh, my word, I can't spend 15 minutes watching this educational video or I can't spend... Uh, 20 minutes or 30 minutes reading because, you know, that's that's just too long to read. I think our ex attention spans are getting shorter. Um, and I think social media plays a part in that. I don't think it's fully responsible. I think there are many other factors. The last con that I want to mention is, uh, you know it, it can be a time suck. I mean, you go on social media, there's this interesting post, interesting video. Oh, they look at that cute cat picture and this and that. And then you get distracted over here and distracted over there. Next thing you know, five hours have passed and you're, you're still on social media and you've gotten absolutely nothing done. So those are some of the cons. Now, whether you like it or not, social media is a powerful tool. And if you're not using it to, to market your blog, you may just be missing out on a significant opportunity. And since this, this podcast is about taking advantage of the opportunities that present, that present themselves to us in the form of what we do online, it's my responsibility to share with you how to do it the right way. So, what I want to do now is I want to look at some of the major social networks. I'm not going to cover them all. You're going to think to somebody's going to be listening and say, hey, but you didn't cover this or you didn't cover that. No, I can't cover it all. But I'm going to cover the, one that I've been, the ones that I've been actively engaging with, and I'm going to cover them from the largest amount of users down to lower amounts. I'm not going to say small amounts because these amounts are huge, in my opinion. doesn't matter how small these numbers are in some people's minds. Okay, so 
let's uh, we're going to go over some of the major ones we're going to do an analysis of the pros and the cons from leslie's perspective you may have more pros you may have more cons that's perfectly fine feel free to come back to become a blogger.com slash 248 and let me know what you think the pros are and what you think the cons actually yeah that's what we're going to do that's going to be the one of the call to actions come back and let me know what you think pros cons for these networks and if you want to add another network and add more pros and more cons feel free to do that it's all about the the ongoing conversation that we're having so which one are we going to start with first can you guess can you guess can you guess <laughs> we're starting with the biggest the everyone network the one where your mama is on your papa is on your grandmama your daughter your son your whatever your friends your enemies your frenemies and that is facebook much larger than Every other social media network, they uh, just last week announced their numbers and over 1.59 billion members. I'm going to say that again because you may have missed it. Over 1.59 billion members, much larger than everything else by far. Let's go through some of the pros. Regardless of what industry you're in, I guarantee you, your audience is there. I guarantee you, with 1.59 billion people, we only have maybe about three point something uh, in the low three billion people on the entire internet. So we're dealing with a significant percentage of people on Facebook. And regardless of what industry you're in, your audience is there. Unless maybe your niche is people that hate Facebook <laughs> because they might be somewhere else. I don't know. All right, so that's one pro. Number two, you're probably already on it. And because of that, there's no huge learning curve to actually using the network and engaging with other people and engaging with the content from bloggers that you like or, or, or companies that you follow, brands that you connect with. You're probably already familiar with how to use it. So that's number two. Number three, especially when it comes to running a business and so on, you have very advanced targeting abilities for paid advertising. Once you reach the point where you're using paid advertising, the, 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 the level to which you can target individuals because of the fact that Facebook knows so much about everyone, fortunately or unfortunately, you have the ability to target people in very specific ways. Another one is they have figured out mobile. And now, uh, 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 most of the other networks are, the, well, some of the other ones that I'm going to talk about, they have definitely figured out mobile. But th there was a debate for a while whether Facebook is going to be able to still survive in this mobile world where everyone is on their smartphones and so on. And they have figured it out. They are making a substantial amount of money on mobile uh, activity. And the mobile users are up significantly and now video is also doing very well on their platform that's another pro over 8 billion daily video views is what they just recently announced now of course the way they count the uh, video views is significantly different from the way youtube counts it because if you see a video for three seconds or longer on facebook that is counted as a view even though you might have seen it for three seconds while just scrolling through your new news feed because it's automatically playing regardless video is something that they are focusing on heavily and as a result of that their numbers are increasing significantly all right so those are some of the pros that i see some of the cons, because there are so many people on there and so many businesses on there, there is significantly more competition. Of course, that's going to be a natural fact. The more people use it, the more competition there's going to be. And the more competition there's going to be, I predict the, prices, the price for advertising is going to increase over time. I may be wrong, but regardless, there is definitely more competition. Uh, they're, 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 since there are more eyeballs, more businesses, it's going to be, it's, it's, in some ways, it can be more challenging to get your message out there. Another con is it's becoming more of a pay-to-play platform, platform for businesses. Now, I fully understand this. If you have so many people using it and it was a free-for-all, <laughs> then your newsfeed would get really noisy, really you know, cluttered, and as a result, people would disengage from Facebook, and they can't let that happen. But as a result, if you can't pay, 
it's much harder to build an audience than it was before. All right, so those are some of the cons. That's our Facebook. Now let's talk about Instagram. Instagram, I call this, and this is my definition for all these networks. So Facebook was the everyone network. Instagram, I consider this a photo sharing and engagement network. It's where people share photos and engage with photos. And they also are owned by Facebook now. And they just announced that they have over 400 million users. Huge! Over 400 million users. So what are some of the pros? Now, this is primarily a mobile platform in a mobile world. Once again, everybody's on their smartphones. And Instagram started as a mobile app, and it's still a mobile platform. And I think that's one of the strengths. Number two, high engagement with photos. If you have a, a visual business, a visual blog, where, where using visuals can really um, per, to, can share your message and get stuff out there. And I think we all have visual businesses, but if yours is especially visual, like let's say you're doing a food blog with recipes or you're doing a fashion blog or something of that sort, definitely Instagram is something to consider. Now, another pro is that we have hashtags and hashtags allows you to follow specific photos for specific you know trends or for specific concepts or for specific movements specific industries and niches and all that good stuff and that allows you to kind of dig deeper and find more content and it allows you as a blogger to take advantage of those hashtags to get your content your images in front of uh, a larger audience in some ways another pro has to do with the location-based tagging that it allows so if you're a local business, let's say you have a blog because your blog is for your business and your business is a hardware store or something of that sort, and you have all kinds of tutorials teaching people to build stuff and all that good stuff, you can use location-based tagging to, 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 so, so that if someone is in your location and they're looking up a specific topic de dealing with DIY or home improvement, they're going to be more likely to find your content. Now, the, the big con for Instagram, this is huge in my opinion, but they only allow you to have one link, and that one link is in your profile. So like, unlike other networks where you can post an image or post something and link to something, link to a, a post on your blog, you can only have one link on Instagram, and that's in your profile. There are ways to work with this and still you know, maybe use Instagram for building your following and engaging with your following and letting them know, hey, I just published a new post. Check the link in my profile and update that link and all that stuff. But I think that's a significant con. They all have their pros and they all have their cons. Let's move on to Twitter. Twitter, I consider Twitter a great place for broadcasting and connecting. What do I mean by that? It's, it's a great place for sharing content, your content, other people's content, and connecting with people. They have over 300 million users. Now, there are some pros and cons, as usual. Let's go through some of the pros as I see them. Pro number one is that you can interact more easily with people you don't know or aren't friends with. What do I mean by that? You don't have to be friends with someone to send them a message. You can send a tweet and just at mention anyone and they will see that in their notifications. And that to me is powerful. So, so, so people don't have to, you don't have to necessarily follow someone for them to be engaging with you. Now, when, you, when you're friends with someone on Facebook, you see their content in, their, in the news feed. There are now more controls for that. But Twitter has always been a place where you could interact more easily with people that you don't know. Number two. As a result of number one, you have easier access to people you otherwise would not have access to. And that's also a great thing. Celebrities, you can tweet to a celebrity and in many cases actually get a response back from them. Now, in many more cases, you probably won't, but you have access to people now as a result of Twitter that you wouldn't normally have access to. Number three. Uh, people can follow you without you having to follow them back and add them as a friend. Uh, so this, these are all kind of related. So you can interact more e easily with people you don't know who, or you aren't friends with, like in real life. 
But you can also, like I was saying before, people can follow you without you having to follow them back. And that can that, that can be significant because the more people you follow, the more noisy it can get unless you use lists and all that kind of stuff. There are advanced ways to get around these issues, but that is something to be aware of. And another one is hashtags. Hashtags are on Instagram. They're also on Twitter, and they allow you to follow or take part in specific conversations. You're passionate about social media. There's so many hashtags that you can follow for that, and you can click on a hashtag. If someone posts something and they have the hashtag social media, you can just click on that hashtag and see all of the conversations that are happening that are using that hashtag. So it allows you to take part in that conversation. You can start tweeting using that hashtag. Now, maybe you're not using the hashtag social media, but maybe you're using something that's related to your niche that a lot of people are using, and that allows you to take part in that specific conversation. What are some of the cons? Con number one, and I'll let you know, Twitter is not my, my favorite social network. As of right now, Pin, uh, not Pinterest, sorry. <laughs> As of right now, um, uh, Facebook is. But um, Twitter, uh, yeah, so let, let's talk about some of the cons of Twitter. Number one, I think there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of noise on Twitter. Number two, the engagement on Twitter. I found that engagement to be significantly lower than on Facebook. I mean, po I could post a link on Facebook and get traffic back to my site, when I post on Twitter, I get significantly less traffic back to my site. I get significantly less people liking it. If I get three or four people liking a post on Twitter, that's like a big thing. If I get 100 people liking a post on Facebook, that's not abnormal. So I think the engagement is significantly lower. And lastly, Twitter is really struggling. I mean, they're struggling to make money. And as a result, the future is, is kind of unpredictable. All right, let's move on to another one, and that is Pinterest. Now, I think of Pinterest as kind of a, 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 a visual online scrapbooking platform that has social features built in. So that's how I consider Facebook. They have over 100 million users. Now, that number is probably significantly higher now because I think that number was from back in September of 2015. But uh, there are some pros and cons. What are the pros? Pros, you can organize your content in a visually appealing way. You have your blog, and I have my blog, but if you go to Pinterest.com slash uh, Leslie Samuel, you're going to see that I have different boards. I have a list building board. I have social media. I have all these different categories, which are my boards. And then if you go within those boards, you're going to see my content arranged in a way that's visually appealing. So that's number one. Uh, and, and, and it's not just your own content. You can organize content from all across the, the, the internet in a visually appealing way. Number two, you can create a visual roadmap of your blog's content. This is something that I didn't think about before, but it's something that I started to do after the fact where I have different categories, like I said, for different topics in my blog, and you can kind of visually see the content that is on my blog. Number three, your content lives forever and it's easier to find than Facebook and Twitter. Pinterest is very good with search and discovery. So I can search for content on, on Pinterest, and if your board is relevant or if your pin is relevant, that can show up in my search results. So it's a search, it, and, 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 and that's one of the pros, the, the powerful search feature. But the fact is, when I post something on Twitter, the people that are following me are going to see it right then and there. But as more people post, that moves down and down and down. And it's the same thing with Facebook. Facebook is getting a little better for search. Twitter has some uh, pretty good search features. But in terms of Pinterest, I think they're doing this very well. Now, what are some of the cons? There's one main con that I find with Pinterest. And that is that discussion and community development is not a strength of this platform. It's more about content and sharing content and, and scrapbooking and, and trying to, okay, I want to put this in this board so that I can come back and have it uh, easier access to it later. And, you know, if there's a product that you find that you want to keep track of or remember, you can put it in a, a board and all that kind of stuff. So it's more for you to organize visually, but not as much discussion and community development. Now, 
There's one platform that I didn't put on here that I do want to talk about, and that's Snapchat, because Snapchat is one that I've just started getting into. And when I made the show notes for this episode, I, I wasn't as much into Snapchat. Now I am. And it is one of my favorites now. Between Facebook and Snapchat, I am loving it. Snapchat is great. Once again, it's, it's, it's mobile. It's 100% mobile in this case. And it allows you to, in micro moments, share what's going on in your day. It's kind of like what Twitter was when it first started. But instead of using a tweet, you're using like a 10-second update or a picture of what's happening. And I'm having a ton of fun. If you're not connected with me on Snapchat, go to go, you know, search for me on, on there, Leslie Samuel, and we'll be able to connect that way. I'm really enjoying it. And I think I'm going to be investing significantly more time on Snapchat because of I mean, I'm just having fun with it. And the engagement, quite frankly, is different from anywhere else that I've seen. Okay, so we spent a lot of time going over these different social networks and the pros and the cons of these networks. Now, the, the next thing is, how do you decide which one you want to work on or you, you want to focus on? How do you choose your social network? It's so easy to get overwhelmed. Um, but your your primary, my recommendation is for you to choose one primary network and maybe another secondary network. So the primary one, that's going to be the one that you're going to spend the most time on. This is going to be your main focus. And that almost sounds like an oxymoron, like a main focus. If it's a focus, it can only be one, right? Um, but this is going to be the one that, okay, this is the one that I'm investing the most resources into. Now, how do you determine which one that's going to be? I want you to ask two questions. These questions are, number one, where is your audience most likely to engage with your content? Now, notice I said, where is your audience most likely to engage with your content? I'm not saying where are you having you more likely to engage with content but where is your audience most likely to engage with your content this is something that a lot of people don't think about if you're if you're in a niche where it's very visual you may choose a platform that's inherently visual you may choose pinterest you may choose instagram because of the fact that that visual aspect is such a strong component of what you do then i would highly recommend for you to choose one of those platforms if if what you're building requires you to be able to uh, reach out and connect with people all the time, a constant outreach to, to new people, maybe um, new bloggers or whatever the case might be, I would, I would recommend choosing a platform that allows you to connect with people that you don't know. So something like Twitter, that would make sense for you. If that's the type of thing that if that's the way your audience is going to be more likely to engage with your content, um, I would recommend using that platform. If you're just you're not sure and you kind of want to be in a place where you know your audience is definitely going to be, there's no strong visual component necessarily. And even if there is, but you want to be on a different network because you're you feel like your audience is going to engage with you more on Facebook, then you choose Facebook. Where just think through. And ask yourself, where's your audience most likely to engage with your content? And then make an educated decision based on what you know now about these platforms. And then just go with that choice. So that's the first question. The second question you're going to ask is, which platform do you see yourself having the most fun with? Because, hey, if we're going to be using social media, we might as well do it in a way that we just enjoy. So there's... There's some platforms that I I just don't enjoy using, and you know I I try to make Twitter my my secondary focus, but quite frankly I don't enjoy it. It's not something that excites me. I don't get fun of it, but I'm enjoying Facebook. I'm enjoying the conversations that I'm having there. I'm enjoying the engagement, the interaction. I'm enjoying Snapchat, and I don't want to have to force myself on Twitter. I like to take the path of least resistance because it's the path that's going to take the less the least amount of energy from you to accomplish the same amount the or even more. All right, if you're just having fun with it. When I'm snapping, it's not like I'm consciously saying, "Oh man, I got to snap." Okay, wait, let me take out my phone. 
Oh, let me press this button and hold it down. Oh, let me talk into it and show what's happening in my life. No, it's actually kind of natural and I just enjoy doing it. It's kind of like I'm having a conversation with someone and that someone is you. So if you're going to focus on a platform, choose one that you enjoy. Here's the thing that's going to happen as a result. If you're enjoying it and you're having fun, your audience is going to see that you're enjoying it and having fun and they're going to make they're going to enjoy it even more because you have fun when you see people having fun. Makes sense, right? I think it makes sense. <laughs> All right, so those are the two questions you want to ask. Where is your audience most likely to engage with your content? And number 2, what platform do you see yourself having the most fun with? And just think through those things and choose a primary and choose one secondary. Now, if you have a team of people, you could choose more than that. And if you know that you really don't have much time, you could just choose one. And that's perfectly okay. You do not have to be everywhere. Because if you try to be everywhere, you're going to be nowhere effectively. All right? Okay, so what are your goals? All right? Because now we know which social media network we're going to be choosing. What should be our goals? Now, I see so many people using social media incorrectly, especially people that are trying to get their blogs out there or build their businesses. And I think a big part of this has to do with the fact that they don't really understand what the right goals should be. Not you, of course. I mean, you're listening to this podcast. You're, you're, you're maybe reading my blog and all that good stuff. And you, you, you're thinking beyond just the, hey, I got a tweet. 50 times about this blog post or anything of that sort. What should your goals be? Number one, I'm going to give you three main goals. Number one should be obvious, and that is be social <laughs> and connect with your audience or your potential audience, all right? You want to be social. When I go on social media, I'm not going on social media to be marketed to. I'm not going on social media to find out which car I should buy necessarily. I'm not going on social media to see, you know, how I can click over to come to your blog. No. I'm going over there to connect with people. I'm going over there to get content that's valuable to me. And the same for you. You go there mostly maybe I, I'm I'm guessing Mostly to connect with friends and family. Um, or, you know, it may be to market your business. And we'll talk a, a, a lot about that. But don't be on there just simply to advertise what you have to offer. Your products, your services. It's not about that. It's about connecting and engaging. And the more you connect and engage, the more people are going to get to know, like, and trust you. Or at least know and like you. We'll get to the trust next. Number two, goal number two, share valuable content. Okay, so I don't care what you're sharing, whether it's videos, pictures, links, status updates, you want to be providing value because this is where the trust factor comes in. People are going to grow to trust you because of the value that you provide to them, because of how valuable um, your content is. And that is so important. They're going to grow to know, like, and now trust you as an expert in your field. And when they're looking to do business with someone in your industry, who are they going to go to? The person they know, like, and trust or the person that had that advertisement on TV? Most likely, it's the person that they know, like, and trust. That's goal number two. Goal number three, build your assets. What do I mean? Oh, man. What I mean is this. The problem with social media is that it's not yours. You don't own it. Facebook owns Facebook. Twitter owns Twitter. MySpace owns MySpace. <laughs> Sorry, I just keep, I gotta keep putting that one in there because it's funny. Um, you don't own it. They're in business to build their business. That's a fact. And that's a tricky thing. So there were so many people that were disappointed with Facebook and are still disappointed with Facebook because when they started on Facebook, Facebook used to send them tons of traffic over and over and over. You just post a link, traffic. Post a link, traffic. And then all of a sudden, Facebook started to tweak their algorithm. And all of a sudden, their only source of traffic or their main source of traffic just disappeared almost overnight. And as a result, their businesses shrunk significantly. So here's the thing. When you build on rented land, 
you don't have control over what's going to happen with that land. And the landowner can come and say, you know what? I don't want your house here anymore. Or your house can stay here, but nobody can visit. And that is a problem. So your, one of your goals should be to build an asset that you own. And that asset is, you know it. Come on, say it out loud. Your email list because your email list is something that you own your email list is something that you control and ain't nobody gonna tell you what to do with your list you're in control of that list so you need to have strategic call to actions throughout your social updates so it's not just about connecting and engaging and so on but since you're doing this as a business build your assets all right, so those are our three goals. Now, let's talk about the foundation that you have to set for your social media strategy. There are certain things that you just have to put in place. Um, and if you don't have them in place, then you will not have a solid social media strategy. So the first one is that you have to create good content and, so this is a two-part one, optimize it for your audience. So here's the thing. There's a lot of foolishness on the internet. There is a lot of crap on the internet. And if you want to cut through all that noise, you have to create good content. Not just good content. Maybe I should change that. It has to be high quality content. The days of just writing a, a mediocre blog post and getting tons of exposure, those are gone. I don't know if they were ever there, but they were there more than they are today. But because there's so much competition, it has to be high-quality content. It has to be relevant to your audience uh, because you want to stand out, okay? So great content, optimize it for your audience. Let's talk about the optimizing it for your audience. Here's the thing. When you're creating that content, you want to structure it for readability and shareability because you're hoping that people will share it on Facebook, on Twitter, on wherever, Pinterest, and, and so on. Talk about it in their snaps, so here are some tips, four quick tips, really simple, but they make a big difference. Number one, use short sentences and paragraphs in your content. In a world where people are browsing on their smartphones, these long sentences and long paragraphs just look like clutter. So keep it short, sweet, and simple. All right? Number two, use headings. Headings do a great job at breaking up your content. It makes it easier to consume. It makes it scannable so that I can come to an article and see, all right, so these are the main points. Uh, these are the sub points because of the headings that organize these paragraphs and these, this content into these different sections that makes it much easier to consume and much easier to process. If I know that this section is about creating good content and optimizing it for your audience, I can read everything that comes after that in that section based on the fact that I'm creating content and optimizing it for my audience. And that makes it easier for me to process. Number three, use images. The internet is becoming more and more and more and more visual. A picture is worth a thousand words. You've heard it over a time, all, all the time, and it is true. So you want to make every word count. Use images. Not only that, but when you share, depending on how you use these images, when you share it on Facebook, when you share it on LinkedIn, when you share it on all these different platforms, a nice image shows up. And that makes it more likely that someone is actually going to click through and come to check out your awesome content. Next one is consider using various forms of media. You're listening to this episode right now. Some people are going to come and read the blog post because that is a medium that they prefer. They prefer to read than to listen to my annoying voice. <laughs> so give them different options. Some people are going to prefer to share videos. Some people are going to be prefer to share images and so on and so forth. So consider using various forms of media. Don't go overboard. If you only have a certain amount of time, you really have to prioritize where you're going to spend your time, but at least consider it. And lastly, use a social media sharing plugin. I mean, when I go to sites and there's no easy way for me to share it, I'm most likely not going to share it. I don't remember the last time I shared a post that didn't have an easy way for me to share it. The plugin that I'm currently using on my blog, and I highly recommend for everyone, is called Social Warfare. Because what that allows you to do 
is to specify if someone shares this to face to Facebook, this is the image that I want to show. If someone shares it to Pinterest, this is the image that I want to show. Um, this is not a free plugin. There are free options um, like the 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 Dig Dig plugin. That's one option, and Sumo Me is another option. But I love social warfare, and I'll link to that in the show notes. Okay, so. Point number one was create good content and optimize it for your audience. This is going to be a longer episode, guys, because I got so much to share. Number two, be a content curator. All right. Now, here's the thing, right? A lot of us think that when I share content, I only want to share my content because I want traffic. I want people to come back to my blog. If that's how you're thinking about it, you may want to consider something different. Now, here's why I say that. For your audience, your audience has specific goals, specific struggles that they may encounter, specific things that they want to accomplish. And you may not create all the content to help them to accomplish those goals. When you're thinking about your audience, you're thinking about what you can provide to them that's going to give them the most value. And sometimes that value will come from you. Other times, it will come from someone else. Don't hold back on sharing other people's stuff that will help your audience because it's not a link coming back to your blog. Focus on providing them more value. And because you're, you're making their life more, uh, less overwhelming and easier, they're going to love you for it. So be a content curator. Next tip, optimize your blog. All right, we're setting a foundation for our social media strategy. You want to optimize your blog. Now, here's the thing. There's, there's a few minor things that you want to do here. You want to make sure you're, you're using a responsive WordPress theme. It is 2016. As I'm recording this now, you may be listening to it in 2020, or I don't know, but optimize your blog for what is working now. So if you're not using a responsive WordPress theme, I highly recommend for you to get that fixed. Get a responsive WordPress theme. They're not expensive. There are many free ones. Do that because you want people to be able to consume it also on their mobile devices. Secondly, you want to make sure your blog is loading relatively quickly. You can use a tool like GT Metrics to, to test the speed of your website, and then they'll have a number of recommendations um, for you to increase the speed of your site. I'm not going to go into all of that now. That, that's actually a good topic for another podcast episode, how to speed up your blog. I'm going to write that down because I want to cover that. Okay. The next thing you want to do, we're setting a foundation. Optimize your social media profiles. If you're going to be on social media, if you're going to use those social media profiles and pages to market your blog, you want to optimize it. So first thing you want to do, make sure you fill out all the relevant details. You don't want people to come to your social media profile and not know anything about you. You don't want people to come to your social media profile and not know how to get to your blog. Don't make them have to do extra work to find you. <laughs> make it as easy as possible. Next one, make it clear what your mission is. If you're providing exercise routines for pregnant women, make that clear. If you're providing blogging tips for people that want to start a business with their blog, Make that clear. If you are providing biology tutorials for students that struggle in biology, make that clear. So that's number three. Number four, use a clear profile photo. Now, here's the thing. If you're the personality behind your blog, which most of the people that listen to this podcast, I think I can say that that's the case, use a nice picture of your face, a smiling face, unless for some reason you're the your niche requires you to be looking, er, looking, er, is that like a, a verb? I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 adverb. Anyhow, um, don't use a logo for your profile photo because you want to humanize your blog. If you're the personality behind your blog, people don't form relationships with logos. Logos might be cute, but yeah. Uh, if you want to humanize your blog and if you're the personality behind your blog, just use a nice picture of your smiling, beautiful face. I think, I think that just makes sense. Okay, and 
Use a relevant cover photo on networks that have that feature. Um, because hey, that, that's another piece of real estate that you can use to paint a better picture of what you do. And if people can see that, they can see a little more of what you stand for or who you, who you are or, 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 or the value you provide. That's always a good thing. Oh, man, we got so much to cover. Let's go. Okay, next thing is, so that's optimizing your, your social media profile. Now you want to optimize your brains. <laughs> what do I mean? Okay, so if you're going to be if you're trying to become a leading expert in your industry, if you're trying to have your blog be set up as an authority, you need to make sure that you are sharpening your axe. So, what does that look like? It means consuming content that's related to your industry. It means attending conferences maybe. It means uh, uh connecting with people that are influencers or thought leaders and and consuming their content. The world is changing so quickly that if you're not keeping up if you fall asleep at the wheel you're going to become obsolete so i highly recommend for you to make sure that you are feeding your mind with the stuff that you need in order to 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 to, to be able to provide more value to your audience next one determine how much time you're gonna spend on social media now like i said before social media can be a time suck yeah, I know it's surprising. And that happens when we don't predetermine how much time we're going to spend. So I want you to be proactive. I want you to take control of what you do. Don't let social media control you. You control your social media activities. If you're going to spend 30 minutes a day, if you're going to spend an hour a day or two hours, whatever it is, I want you to think through and and make that determination beforehand. Last tip, be efficient. Strike while the iron is hot. What do I mean by that? So one of the problems that a lot of people have with social media is you always got to come up with new things to post, right? Um, you create content for your blog, and then you have to create content to post on social media to market the content that you have on your blog. So this is what I recommend. First thing is, Create an editorial calendar or a content plan, if you want to call it that. So what I've been doing now is I look three months ahead and I say, this is all the content that I want to create over the next three months. And I put them on a calendar. Okay. And then once you've done that, this is the next step that makes the big difference. And this is what I mean by strike when the iron is hot. When you finish writing a post, when it's fresh in your mind, immediately create your social media updates. Write out your tweets. Write out your status updates. Even write out the email that you're going to use to send to your list. Don't wait until the day of to come up with something on the spot. It's going to take much more energy. It's going to take much more thought. You have to put yourself back in the framework of the mindset that you were before, and that it just takes much more work. All right, let's move on to social media tools. So, I'm just going to go through a list of tools that I use and why I use them or that I have used. And that's going to help you in determining which ones you should use and how you should use them. The first one, this is the main one that I'm using now to manage my editorial calendar inside WordPress. And it also allows me to schedule updates, my social media updates, so that when I, I, I add a, a draft to my blog, I can also add the social media updates. So my VA actually goes through and takes my tweets and my, my uh, social updates and puts them in there and say, I want this to go out when the post goes out. This one goes out two hours later. This one goes out the next day and the next week and the next month and so on and so forth. Co-schedule is what I use for that. Meet Edgar is one I used to use, and I think it's awesome, but I just don't like how much it costs. It's $50 a month or $49 a month. But what it allows you to do is create a library of social media updates in different categories. So these are my blog posts. These are my podcast episodes. These are my quotes and so on. And you create that library and you set a schedule. On Monday at 6 a.m., I want my a blog post to go out. On Monday at 10 a.m., I want a podcast episode. On Monday at 12 p.m., I want a, a, a motivational quote. And it's automatically going to cycle through this library of social media updates that you've created. Great tool, kind of pricey. I couldn't justify the cost for what I was doing, so I left it behind. Um, I might consider going back to it again because it's just really nice and really simple and easy. 
an alternative to that is called Tweet Jukebox. It does the same thing, but only for Twitter. And it does have a free plan. So if your main focus is Twitter, you can set up these you know, groups of content uh, that's going to be tweeted out, and it will do it automatically for you. Now, if you're, if you're scheduling on Facebook, I recommend using the Facebook, the built-in Facebook scheduler. Um, there is some evidence that suggests that using other schedulers on Facebook actually may lower your reach. There's debate about that. In my experience, it does seem to lower your reach. So I, if I want to schedule something on Facebook, I do it directly on Facebook. Buffer app. This one allows you to easy... Uh, easily schedule social media updates on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, and Pinterest. So if you just want a general scheduler for, hey, I want this to go out um, you know, this afternoon, next week, and so on, Buffer app is great for that. They also have a free plan. Tailwind, if your main focus is Pinterest, Tailwind, Tailwind is the one you should use. It is great for Pinterest, for analytics, for scheduling, for all kinds of stuff. I, I, it's, it's better than you know many of the others that I've tried. And lastly, Sniply, Snip.ly. Uh, so what this allows you to do is, let's say you find content from someone else's site that you want to share. You can generate a link using Sniply, and you share that content. People will go to that page, but then it inserts a call to action so that people can actually come back to your blog when they're finished or they can sign up to your email list. It's actually kind of cool. I really like it. So, Sniply is the last tool. All right, so the last thing that I'm going to talk about is how to determine your social update frequency. Uh, I had two other topics to talk about, but we're just going too long here. So I'm just going to have to cut it out. Um, let's see how it goes. So once you've decided the tool or the tools that you want to use, you also want to decide how often you're going to post to social media. Okay. Now, here's the key. You want to be consistent, but you also want to be realistic. Now, I'm going to give you three tools that allow you to determine the best times to post and what I like about this is that you're making these decisions not just based on what you feel, but also based on data. First one is Facebook Insights. Now, if you are, if you are focusing on Facebook, Facebook Insights, which is directly on Facebook, if you go to your page and then you go to the Insights section, it, it tells you when the people who like your page are actually online. So when I look at mine, I see that a lot of my followers or a lot of people that like that page start coming online around 9 a.m. So when I post to Facebook, I try to post it just a little before 9 a.m. so that when they come there, it's right there, ready for them to, to check it out. So Facebook Insights is one. Twerid, T-W-E-R-I-O-D. Now what this allows you to do, if you're focusing on Twitter, it's going to allow you to see when your Twitter followers are online. And you can see the peaks. So a lot of mine are online at 9 and again around 12 and then again in the evening. So that tells me that those are some really good times to post where I'm going to maximize my potential exposure. If you're focusing on Twitter, Tailwind, I mentioned that app already, but that allows you to determine the best times to post on Pinterest. So those are just some tools that you can use. Now, it, it, it will allow you to be able to use data to make some decisions about when to post, but it's not perfect, all right? So what I would do is test and see what works for you. A few other things I'm going to mention, and then we're going to end this episode, tracking. It's important to track. I'm not going to spend a lot of time going into that right now, but there's a, a blog post that I wrote on how to use UTM tracking to track your online marketing efforts. And I'm going to link to that in the show notes for this episode. So make sure to check that out. And lastly, if you're going to be outsourcing your social media, I want you to be careful. Yes, outsourcing is great because it can take a load off your shoulders. But if you're going to do it, you want to make sure that your processes are very clear. You don't want them to necessarily you know, just leave it up to chance and hopefully they're going to do the right thing. 
you want to be more hands-on in the beginning until you are confident that they are the right person and that they understand your systems. And then you kind of give them more control as you've, you've, you've determined that they are doing things the way that represents your brand and your blog. All right, I'm going to end it right there. <laughs> oh, man, so much. If I missed anything, let me know. Becomeablogger.com slash 248. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about what's coming up because next week we have a, a, a very interesting topic. And that topic is an interview with Colin Yearwood, and it's on how to use local meetups to build your audience. So we're going to talk about how to how to set up your meetup profile, how to set up meetups the right way, and how to make money doing meetups. He's been very successful with meetups and he's going to share some tips. So I hope you got a lot of value from this episode 248. Be sure to come back to becomeablogger.com slash 248. And if you missed anything, any of the links right there. And if you know someone that can benefit from this, share it with them. But beyond that, if you're trying to create, start a blog so that you can create content, inspire others, and even change the world while building your online business, head on over to freebloggingvideos.com where you get to take my free course that will help you get started. And lastly, you want to think, take things to the next level? You want to be coached by me? Join the coaching club, bloggercoaching.com. Our members are loving it. The hand-holding guidance that they're getting, and I'm sure that you'll love it too. So that's pretty much it for this episode. This is Leslie Samuel here from becomeablogger.com. You know what we're doing. We're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless.